FOLA Capital helps small businesses raise capital using one of the several programs authorized under the 2012 JOBS Act. They are especially passionate about helping to raise capital for veteran-owned, women, and minority-owned small businesses across the country. Be sure and check them out at folacapital.com. We are here today with Roger Carrasco. Yeah? Yes, sir. Yeah. Active duty Marine. Yes. Still. And businessman extraordinaire. Yes. Excellent. I'm excited about this conversation because I'll be perfectly honest with you, you are the first guest I've had uh, that I did not know prior to you walking in the studio today. Okay. Yeah, that's good. Well, haven't met in person. We, t- we spoke on the phone uh, at length, uh, I think last week sometime, yeah. uh, about this show, uh, but we haven't actually met before, so this should be, uh, should be fun. Yeah. And have you met Avery before? Uh, briefly. Today? Just today? Just today as well. I was introduced to Avery via billboard. We were just talking about <laughs> it in uh, 17. And um, if you know Avery, he has an amazing beard. And I was joking with my wife, and I pointed at Avery's billboard. I'm like, babe, James Howard does real estate. He could be our broker. Let's talk. And I was clearly joking. And, um, yeah, she shot that joke. Down, joking but really, right? Joking but really. Yeah, yeah joking. I'm working on it. My girlfriend said she likes it fuller, so I'm trying to let it go without a trim for a little bit. We'll see. You have a Leonidas quality beard, Avery. Mm-hmm. It is quite Working nice. On it. I, I thought I needed to clean it up, but I, I guess not. If the girlfriend says no, then the answer is no. I won't go that far. Well, <laughs> I suppose because you're not, you're not married yet. The only reason I have any facial hair and I don't look like him is because my wife says, I like it, keep it. Yep. That's why it's there. Fair enough. Otherwise, it wouldn't be there. I can't. I don't rate. I don't rate facial hair. The Marine Corps was in charge of my face for 13 years, and and now my wife is. Yeah. I I had to pull the no-shave chit on deployments, but that was as far as I could get it. So my last ID looks like this. Yep. It's great. (laughs) Good. (laughs) Very nice. Sticking it to the man, finally. That's the way to do it. (laughs) So tell us who you are. Yes, so as you guys know, or even introduced my name, um, basically I'm still an active duty Marine, but also uh, getting into the financial business. I've been an agent now for going on three years, actually. What kind of an agent? A financial agent. So my firm is Transamerica Financial Advisors. Okay. And I've been working with them for the past three years. Um, Originally, I got my life and health insurance license. Um, to go ahead and you know, just get a, my basic foot in the door and things like that. But, of course, going along this time, I've actually realized that there's just so much more to elaborate on in the financial world. Um, and it didn't take me three years to realize that. I, I knew it from the get-go, and I really made um, my way, I guess you could say, to where I'm at now because of just bringing straight-up value to everybody I spoke to. doesn't matter if it had to do with finance. It was like, how are we going to get there first? Financial planning, it's like huge in, in everything we do. But, um, yeah, I had a really good mentor, uh, the person who brought me in and introduced me to um, practicing finance and planning and things like that. And the basic um, foundation was financial education and bringing ultimate value to whoever you speak to. 
Okay. It doesn't matter if they're trying to be your client or trying to, you know, shake hands. It doesn't matter. Who's the mentor, if you don't mind me asking? Uh, Mentor, there's a lot of people, actually. So my friend Jeff. Yeah. My friend Jeff and, of course, a few of my uh, senior – oh, I mean, specifically the one in the financial industry was uh, my friend Jeff. Okay. And he was a former Marine, Mm -hmm. and then he um, was practicing finance, same firm, uh, got his license back in 2015 or before that. He got out of the Marine Corps in 2015, so. So what do you do for the Marine Corps? I am a motor T operator. Okay. Drive truck. So not not specifically related to your your extracurriculars then? Not at all. So we had a guest that uh, was a financial coach, but he spent 20 years as a, what did he call it? A marine finance officer or financial Financial management. I know it was in comptrolling and disbursement. It was a mouthful. Anyway, he did it for the yeah. Marine Corps for 20 years, and then right. now he's doing it. So you're doing something that's completely unrelated to what the Marine Corps has trained you to do and has you doing on a daily basis. Yes. Okay, so how, how, how's, that, how's that work? How did you decide, um, I'm doing this for a living, but I'm more interested in this other area, or are you not? Like, how did you go from motor T to financial planning? Yeah, that's a good question. It started way back. I just didn't really understand how to get started. So, like, before I went into the Marine Corps, I was very just focused on, um, like, financial planning. I know that sounds like, like, what? Like, financial planning? So you're a kid just like, I would like to know. It was, like, more of the nature of, okay, established business. How does that get started? Read about it. You know, I was kind of, like, on my own. And then leading up to, fast forward to, I guess you could say, yeah, 2018 is when I met my friend Jeff. And he was just saying, hey, this is what I do. Of course, he helped me out in a like a super a turbulent time in my life. And basically, I just saw the straight-up value that it brought to myself as a person. And, of course, just the education. Just I was like, that is incredible. So, um, yeah. Then, so how long have you been in the Marine Corps? Ten years now. Okay. Are you planning to stay in or get out? What do you think? Uh, I actually already enlisted into the National Guard. And okay. my unit is actually in Wilmington. Okay, so you're nice. transitioning from the Marine Corps to the Army then? Yes. Are you anticipating any sort of culture shock there? Uh, no. Because think, think it'll be fine? I think I'll be fine because um, I went to jump school in, I think, like 2019 or so, and I was just talking it up with the NCOs there. And I'm like, hey, what's the culture like? What is it like? What's the platoon life like? And things like that. And they're like, all right, when you get there, no one cares that you're a Marine. Just take care of the guys. And I got it. Uh are you going to be doing the same thing for the Army that you do for the Marine Corps, or are you moving into a new field? A new field, totally new field. What are you going to do there? 11 Charlie, Mortarman. Mortarman, okay. I wasn't expecting any of the last two answers. <laughs> <laughs> no, me neither. Me neither. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What, what were you expecting for MOS? Well, what was your guess going to be? Even before that, with jump school, so nearly everyone I know that went to jump school, and I think a part of it was we were going from Marsoc, we would call it Marine Corps Appreciation Week. Yeah. Because most of the folks are right out of boot camp. And and we get there early. We have to check in. It's a day or two early. And we're more senior anyway. So you end up being the squad leaders. I don't know if there's a different term. But you end up being the squad leaders. And some of the stuff you dealt with from someone who just finished basic training was like, what do you guys do in basic training? So that's why the first answer surprised me. That's funny. And then 
I just didn't expect more to him in at all for the next answer. That <laughs> we've, we've got we've got a motor T guy. Yes. Who's got a, a side hustle that's becoming a main hustle in financial planning. Yes. Who's decided to become a mortarman. Yes. That's that's a journey. I like yeah. it. Why mortarman? Uh, I think I have to stay true to what my initial objective was in the Marine Corps, which is uh, be in the combatives field. So I have not done that. I've always been the motor T support guy. I've never been the guy directly, I guess you could say, like, dealing the hate, as we say in the Marine Corps. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. But, uh, um, yeah, so I was just talking to, to him in the hallway and things like that. Um, War Council, financial, like, has really deep meaning. But to specifically answer that, it just I don't think that um, I'm done with my service. Mm-hmm. Personally, looking inward, I think I can always do more. I'm always training, reading, um, speaking to people. So, yeah, it's just I, I haven't done enough yet. Cool, man. To, I like it. Yeah. I dig it. You just want to keep being a warfighter. Nothing keep wrong with being that. A warfighter. Nothing yeah. wrong with that at all. So you said the the name of your your company is uh, War Council Financial, and yes. that it has some deep meaning. Mm-hmm. You want to elaborate on that? Yeah, uh, War Council Financial. So uh, my ethnic background is Native American. So on my mother's side is Cherokee and Choctaw, and on my father's side is Apache. So, uh, and I mean, I'm not going to go all the way back to the childhood days, but basically from a very young age, I set out to be a Marine. And okay. I, I always wanted to be a Marine. I'm like, okay, those guys are the most forward, the most, like, you know, squared away. So I want to be that. And then, But then I had a lot of family members like, well, if you're going to be that, you have to dedicate your life to that, like hmm. truly. And it's a cultural thing that you have to do. I'm like, hmm. wow. So going even deeper into the Marine Corps, 10 years, taking care of people, being taken care of myself, and just, once again, having the feeling of you're not doing enough, but keep going, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I, w- I went into the financial industry, and I'm like, I think the, my financial company has to relate to the type of mindset I have. It can't be anything new. It just has to be me. Okay, and what, and what is that mindset? Tell me about that. The mindset is um, keep your circle um, not only solid, like take care of each other, but also um, don't just tunnel vision on what you want. You're going to have groups of people who have nothing to do with your industry or your business or anything like that, but you show up and you bring value to them, and that's all you have to concentrate on. I like it. Words of wisdom. Yeah. And I, I mean, like, this is just stuff that, like, I'm, I'm just reading on a daily, and I see, like, like high earners in their industry and in their field and stuff like that, and I've spoken to some, and I was like, what do you do? How did you get that? How did you do this? Because I'm always a learner, right? Mm-hmm. I got a notepad in my little briefcase there and a pen. Mm-hmm. Nothing's changed. And they're like, take care of people. The people you're around, focus on them. Mm-hmm. So how long have you had uh, War Council up and running? You said three years? Yes, so I started in 2020, so it's going on two years now. Okay, all right. And what uh, what all services do you provide at this point? So at this point, it's mainly focused on uh, financial planning and education, but then I also am able to go and provide services, like establishing retirement, uh, teaching people about tax advantages, things like that, uh, cash accumulation, like how to start that, 
how to a person in an industry and they're having trouble with, you know, I guess earning too much because that is a possibility or mm-hmm. earning too little or being just plateauing. It's like, how do I get out of that rut and just get this, like, ball rolling and things like that. So, Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Um, are you the only one on your team? Is it is it a uh, independent operation or do you have other folks that you work with right now? Yeah, it's uh, solely just me. I do uh, my own content creation, and I go and present. If I present, it's me. If I visit, it's me. If I call, if you call me, it's me, <laughs> things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I did that because there's uh, mostly two ways that people are familiar with financial agents. And the first way is a captive agent, which a person is used to the guy in a suit, and a timer on the desk. They slap it. They're like, all right, tell me what's up. You're on time. And they're like, ah, favorite color, blue. Um, my first name, last, ah, time's up. And it's like, now here's the invoice, you know, uh, reschedule if you want to come back. And then, of course, there's an upfront fee and all this stuff like that. So what I became was an independent financial agent with my firm, which is allows me to not just keyhole somebody into one specific firm, but teach them the financial concepts for themselves. And then I'm able to work with hundreds of different financial companies. Okay, so, so you're not you're not pushing any one particular company's products. No. You're you're able to provide products from a number of different companies. Right. So there's a uh, a level of uh, assumed trust because you're not incentivized to sell particular products. Is that what you're saying? That's absolutely right. Okay. Like a, yeah. a broker in a sense where someone outlines you. I'm assuming you consult with them, help educate them about some things they should consider and then discuss their goals with them, and then you're able to align them with a company that can assist them in achieving that. Is that accurate? Yes. Okay. It's completely accurate. So, like, perfect example. You just said it off the top. So the consultation is first, seeing if it's a good fit, if the person wants to go forward with just learning more about the financial education. I was just sitting down with a business owner in Jacksonville, and uh, her and I were talking about, I know I, I, I speak in stories, so basically it was, it was like the, in the financial world, um, no one's going to jump in the water and help you swim. No, even if a person can jump in the water, they couldn't possibly swim for you. That's not a possible thing. But what I'm trying to show people is that instead of uh, kind of the quick pull tab, the emergency ejection button or whatever, there is no emergency ejection button out of this. We have to learn <laughs> how finance works and then move forward to your goals. Well, that's an interesting perspective um, because I think a lot of people would prefer to just be like, hey, man, here's my money. Make it grow. I don't want to hear about it. That's not how it works. Because people get overwhelmed. They've got a million other things going on. They just feel like they don't have the bandwidth or the time to learn this whole new skill set, and that's what they're paying you for, and they'd rather just park it somewhere, and then when they check back in a year, they have more than they did a year, year prior. What's, what's your experience in, in kind of trying to overcome those, uh, I guess, hesitancies when you're, when you're talking to people? Yeah, so one of the hesitancies is actually going over um, market loss. Everybody knows it's there. Everybody knows the effects. But if somebody just blindly does that to a lump sum of money, then it's like, great, this is what's going to happen if you just chance it. It's like there's guarantees and there's risks. Why take the unnecessary risk? Take maybe 
five minutes out of your day, 10 minutes. Let's have like an actual human conversation about this and fit it into your schedule. Mm-hmm. Because everybody's out here trying to produce. A lot of people aren't focused on learning the, the either like the, you know, the effects. Makes sense. Who are your typical uh, customers? Do you, do you have any uh, people that you work with in the Marine Corps that work with you? Or um, where do you get your, your current client list from? My current client list, as of right now, comes from my just one-on-one interactions. Like, okay. I have um, created folders, uh, basically with uh, financial information, my uh, business card. People said, oh, that's a bad idea. No one cares about business cards. I'm like, ah, well, I do. Like, well, I give out business cards. I give out business cards. Yeah. Like, yeah. Or, or people's like, ah, I don't want that. Like, great, scan it. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> so it has a scan yeah. code on the back. Yeah. Um, I, I walk in. Uh, I don't cold call or do anything like that. I want to create an atmosphere to where people know they can approach me. Mm-hmm. And I have to go out and approach them first. I can't be like situating myself like, all right, now time for the people to show up to me. It's like, absolutely not. I'm going to go out there and I'm actually going to prove I care. Mm-hmm. And how I do that is I'm going to show up to their business, not like slamming on the door, but I'm going to show up to their business the place of work and I'm just going to introduce myself and let it lay. Mm-hmm. Just be like, hey, if you need me, here, here it is. I'd love to talk. Okay. Not, not, no, no push, no shove. Just like, this is what I'm doing. This is what I'd like to speak about. So what, what are some of the biggest challenges you've had trying to start a, uh, a side hustle while on active duty? All right. <laughs> so yeah, pain so. in your eyes. Yeah, I was about to say, like, like if it's I the... Just touched his soul on that Yeah, one. if it's the listen... Oh, man. All right, so I don't mean to go down the laundry list or anything like that. It, so, it... Man. All right, so I became a training associate in 2019, okay? And the course material to prepare for the state board exam, to get my license in the state of North Carolina... Took, took, can take, sorry, a month. A month, it's like, boom, okay, take a month, study, take your state board exam, things like that. You move on, move forward, you get your license. Mm-hmm. That took me close to nine months because I was in the field back to back to back. I was doing this, doing that, and things like that. And, of course, you know, you can't be like, wait, um, what about my – future careers like this is your career it's like <laughs> shut up get back in this there. is what you're being paid for right yeah. now so do and, it right and i was like so i actually just um shot some footage in a mountain town and the reason why i did that because when people watch the footage they're like okay it makes sense now is because i pointed to a mountain town building and uh brennan my friend he's like so why a mountain town i'm like i'll tell you why it's because i was in the field on my phone with one bar of signal studying notes for myself to take the state board exam the next week. And it had it's it's nine months in the making. I'm, I'm a training associate. I'm not making any money. I'm not like progressing forward and I have to never waste one minute of time. And I'm like literally just sitting there in the cold, just looking at notes, just typing stuff, writing stuff down. And it's just crazy. It's like, who else is doing this? I, I will never complain a day in my life after I get out of here, start the industry, talk to people, because I can just put myself back in that situation. And it's like, all right, cool. Well, what would you say to someone who's thinking about, uh, who's on active duty and, and thinking about starting a side hustle, given your experience with, you know, those 
time constraints that you were dealt with going to the field and deployments and things like is there something you could have done different or uh, maybe prepared for in a different way that would have made that less painful? Um, so because hindsight's always twenty twenty, right? Yeah, of course. And and I do love hindsight because I read books about hindsight and I learn from that hindsight and then I take notes on that. And I'm like, okay, he did that wrong. I'm not going to do that. Uh, what I would say to the person who's active duty, who's like, ah, oh, maybe I'll do this, maybe I'll do that. Um, you, you need to now. I'm in this position. You need to establish your objective, your goal that's going to kickstart your business or your industry and then focus on that and devote as much time as possible. Don't break your back with it, but at the same time, devote very valuable time. And your valuable time is, of course, during the working hours, but that doesn't cut it. It's like you have to devote the time and just get it started. Just getting it started and creating content, reading the books about it, Showing up to real estate, uh, what was it, team meetings, just saying, can I sit in here and just learn from you guys? Or just introducing yourself to, to people. Like, oh, I see you're a realtor. Can I ask you a couple questions? Take notes on everything. Do you think you think doing this as a, uh, while you were still on active duty, um, was good for the Marine Corps? Or do you think it would have been better to have prepared it as part of your transition package? Do you think it? I guess what I'm saying is, do you think yeah. that trying to do so much, uh, you know, detracted from your ability to uh, do your normal job in any way? Um, I think that if I would have just put it off, if I would have just like said, "Oh, well, you know, three months out, I'll really handle it then," things like that, that wouldn't have been a possibility. Mm-hmm. And I think I had to, at one point, say, "Okay, this has so much." Um, you know, this has so much, uh, like, possibility to grow and to advance and all these things like that. But I do have to come back to square one and do the day-to-days. I got to prepare for the field. I got to pre- inspect the trucks. I got to fuel up. I got to, like, check people, make sure they're good for whatever they need. Oh, you need new boots? Okay, great. Like, the the day-to-day things that most times I'll be like, oh, man, this is kind of, like, stressing me out because this is not progressing what I want to do. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it's like, all right, just you got to shut up in color for a little bit. But And then when you get off of work, hammer time. You would, you, would you say that, or I guess my understanding is that is it helped you have a better understanding of priorities of work? Would that be accurate? Can you rephrase the question? Yeah, and and it may just be the phrase. But something I learned like when I went over to Marsoc that I wasn't familiar with at all, right? We'd go do training or we'd do something and we'd do after actions. And then initially when I was in ITC, right, the guys, they'd go, they want to eat, they take their stuff, and they'd always harp on, hey, you know, you need to – ensure that you're turning to whatever the appropriate priority of work is, right? So, you know, team gear, personal gear, and then whatever else comes after that. Or just the order that things need to occur in, vice what you want them to occur in, what's most important to you, vice the group or the organization. Would you say that the things you've learned, even though, sure, you had to dedicate a lot of time to something, that on its face doesn't necessarily just contribute to 
your MOS in the Marines, would you say that it made you a better leader or made you more capable of assisting the Marines under you at all? Um, Yeah, I would agree. I'd agree and say um, it does have some, it did have some leadership building qualities uh, because of the prioritization of, okay, you're building this business, you're talking to clients, you're doing all this, um, but also have you texted Lance Corporal Mm so-and-so and because his so-and-so just passed away, you know, or did you successfully put that person on emergency leave? You just do the what other NCOs did for you or what other seniors did for you when you were Mm -hmm. a kid in the Marine Corps, and did you just stop everything and say, we're going to take care of you right now? So it did show me that, and um, there were some, like, emergency leave, right? Just halt everything. This is priority, turn off my phone type situations mm-hmm. that I'm glad that I was able to be a part of, things like that. So, yeah. Nice. That's awesome. Yeah. So you said you're transitioning to the National Guard. When's that supposed to happen for you? Um, March 23rd. March well, come, 20, coming March, right up then. March 24th, 2022. Okay. All right. And what are your what are your big moves you've got planned for, for once you're officially off active duty? I'm going to – so I'm off active duty one day out of this entire 20-year gig. In the so I'm literally I EAS from the Marine Corps March twenty second, two thousand twenty two. Twenty third happens and then I go right into my unit on the twenty fourth, and when I get there, uh, I plan on submitting my package to go fly for the Army. Oh, so you're not gonna? Are you gonna do the guard thing like yes. the, the one weekend a month, two weeks a year? Or are you trying to be full time? I'm trying to be full time. Oh, okay. I misunderstood. I thought you were you were taking a step back from active military life to focus on the business and that sort of thing. Um, I've seen it. I've seen the kind of like the little bit of the atmosphere with the National Guard, and I, I like it. And I think I should um, professionally and personally take a step back because it wouldn't hurt to have finally uh, excess of time to my clients and people in the industry and people want to talk about what I do, I think it would help. So it's actually okay. a realization that's happening at this moment. So it sounds like you're still figuring a lot of stuff out, huh? A little bit. Yeah. Hey, Every day I wake up, it's like, oh, shit. I'm still trying to figure out who I want to be when I grow up. That's why, <laughs> secretly, that's why I have these these podcast sessions so I can hear what everybody else does. So you're just going to mirror and try and, try a little and, bit of everybody. <laughs> try and pick a good path. Finance. Uh, yeah, I think I'll do that. Yep, yep. <laughs> you can't read, Chase. <laughs> no, I think, I think it's great because, uh, you know, a lot of people feel that way. They just don't want to admit it. You know, a lot of people are, are doing something because they feel like they don't have a, another option uh, or because they're not aware of other options or they're not aware that they have uh, the requisite personality or skills to do something different. And so they end up getting stuck doing something that maybe they are not great at or maybe they're great at, but they could be even better at something else or that doesn't provide them the kind of life that they would prefer to have. Um so I think it's it's good to be able to admit that and say, hey, look, I'm still figuring it out. I'm doing this right now. I like this. I'm going over here next, but I've got plans down the road to maybe try out this, this, and this along the way. Uh, and being able to admit that, you know, we don't all have it figured out all the time, no. you know, and there's there's going to be transitional periods, and that's okay. Mm-hmm. I know Avery said uh, in one of our previous conversations, he's you know, he's real into into real estate. He does investing and development and all kinds of stuff, but he's still trying to figure out exactly where all that's going to shake out, right, Avery? Mm-hmm. Definitely. I 
I want to do so many things, I couldn't possibly do them all at once. So it's almost like as one door closes, I get excited because there's 10 others that I've been waiting to walk through all at the same time. <laughs> so, um, and, and we talked a little bit about that, where even now as I am getting into residential development and I've been investing for for years at this point, considering if I want to focus more on those things and where I want where I initially want to branch off even from those things and tie them into other endeavors I'm interested in, right? whether it's with an interest in agriculture or technology or renewable energy or the combination of all three, just figuring out what the next step makes, what next step makes the most sense to take to get to that end destination. So it's, it's definitely a constant thought process that I'm going through yeah. and thinking through. Eve, I don't mean to ask a specific question, but mm-hmm. um, but like, what's the point? And I'll elaborate. Like, what's the point that you think all of that was for, or all of this is for? Because you say development, and you say like technology and things like that. Like immediately, like I'm thinking about oh well, like like real estate development. Mm-hmm. Like that could be anything. Totally. Like, so for, there's for the well being of like so, others. Shoot, I'll get into it. Yeah. <laughs> I'll try to be brief though. So realistically, what I'm energized the most about is turning an idea to a reality. Hmm. Right. So as a real estate broker, especially in this market, you help people buy a home. I'm primarily an investor when it comes to my personal purchases of property. So you often in this competitive market see something where you don't see something where the value of it exceeds the cost, right? So wanting to be able to play this four-dimensional Tetris where you maybe see this piece of land that could be this neighborhood with this type of home and these features that people, that have timeless attributes that people like tall ceilings or open space or all these different things, right? The, The max utility out of a home or a decent-sized yard or a pool or whatever it is, right, or the type of financing that, but maybe you have something else like a community garden, right? Yeah. You saw that be an issue where food was a problem. But you also have other random things that I don't want to go the rabbit hole. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. like, just contested landmass in general. There's a relatively fixed water supply. Yeah. There's a relatively fixed amount of horizontal landmass. Some would argue differently with, the argument for rising sea levels and increasing human population and the need for more livestock and more agriculture okay, yeah. and demand for fresh water, right? So all these different things makes me think, well, you have this intersection of basic human needs, most of which are competing for the same resources to satisfy a growing population of people. What can I do to create something that better satisfies this need? I don't think I can create a better reusable rocket, but I think I'm capable of figuring out how to help progress creating something in, in that endeavor. Okay. I just need to live long enough to do it. It seems it's expensive, it seems like. Yeah. Or you need to calculate the time <laughs> to like okay, I'm gonna create rockets on my off time. <laughs> just kidding. Was that was that a sufficient answer to your question? Absolutely. Or you need to put yeah. it back nice. in the hot seat. No, yeah, no. I'm ready. <laughs> no, it's, it's, it's fine, yeah. 
<laughs> yeah. So um, it's the same for me. I mean, since I left active duty, I've been off active duty for almost eight years, I guess. And uh, I have done so many different things that I never would have dreamed of doing even even the day I left the Marine Corps. Even six months after I left the Marine Corps, so many different things that I, I never would have thought I would I would do. And like Avery said, it's like there's so many different shiny objects that you just want to pursue so many different things and, and do all these, but you just can't do them all at once. Mm-hmm. And I find myself trying to do too many things at once and then mm-hmm. having like, okay, I got I to gotta scale back a little bit. Can I really you know, start and run a nonprofit and then add a podcast to it and then still run these four companies at the same time and still – you know, finish my dissertation for my doctoral degree all at once. Like at some point, one of these is going to have to get shelved or two or three of these would have to get shelved in order to actually make forward progress in any, any one spot. <clears throat> it's just, but it's fun to have the oper- the option to do that. Mm-hmm. That's one of the cool things about, uh, about leaving the military is that you can then say, yep, I'm going to go after that and not do this anymore because that looks like fun. And I think I'd be really good at it. Yeah. Whereas when you're, you have that full-time commitment to the military. Now you're that guy that's sitting in his barracks room at night trying to, like you said, fit things in where you can because you have a passion for it, but you don't have the time for it. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. Doc, Dr. Chase. To see what you're capable of, I think, is a huge reason why I ended up transitioning. I think that was super important to me. I do have a question, though. Of course. Related to your expertise. Right, so when someone's considering a finance, really just finances in general, right, and financial planning, what are things that they need to take some time to think about as they decide what what their goals are going to be? Right, let's say, say you have a family and one and a half kids, yep. and a house that's not paid off yet, and. 30 years reasonably until you're going to retire, right? What are things that people need to consider when they're shopping for a financial advisor or just considering financial planning and retirement planning? That's, um, so what, in my professional opinion, uh, what a family or an individual or anybody needs to consider is um, where they're positioned, kind of like the, um, the OODA loop. I, I know that's a military acronym. People are like, what? They're going to Google it and stuff like that. But um, observe, orient. Um, what's the D? Decide. Decide act. and then act. Mm-hmm. So observe, observation, clearly, things like that. But per, I've seen people where, I'm going to get off, but I've seen people where um, they're like, oh, because I'm in debt, I'm going to go into this industry and that's going to create me money. It's like maybe that's not the right choice. Mm-hmm. Maybe you should keep that nine to five and position yourself to where you now have a stable place to stand and then make your next decision and finance your next move. Mm -hmm. Um, So in short, I think a person who's shopping around seeing, can this person help me? Can this person add value? The biggest thing is the financial education, Mm -hmm. the financial literacy that's going to take that family unit and is going to make sure that those children have financial literacy. Because like you said, a person like here, take the money and then it's going to make more money 
and then you just took care of that. Here's the invoice. Here's the charge or whatever. doesn't mean anything. It does not mean a single thing if those children in the next generation are doomed. So teaching those parents, which is super humbling, because when you talk to like 40-year-olds and 50-year-olds who don't have proper retirement or they're going to outlive their wealth, and you have to bring them back to square one and say, check this out. The financial literacy can s- still start no matter how old you are. You're in your 20s, your 50s, it doesn't mm-hmm. matter. The first, number one first step is financial education and financial literacy. And we can go into the weeds about it or we can just do the wave tops. But as long as we're um, introduced to it and we find the resources, let's say I just walk away from it. I don't want to do business anymore. I don't want to do finance. I'm going to do the other cool thing. Well, I'm too busy flying for the army or something like that. It's like, it doesn't matter. Raymond sent me the resources and laid it down to where I'm now self-sufficient. So I'm alone, but I'm unafraid because mm-hmm. I have the ability to move forward. And I know what's up from down. So are you saying that when, when someone's trying to decide, should they hire War Council or should they hire some other firm, one of the aspects they should be researching is uh, – you know, does does that firm provide uh, educational resources in addition to you know just regular uh, you know investment advice? Yes. Is that is that what you're? Yeah. Yeah. I and I'm all for um, having a discussion and a dialogue where somebody's like, I'm thinking about going into um, ABC firm. I'm thinking about going approaching XYZ company and things like that. What, you know, because I'm going to do this. Great. Let's talk about some of the things that you're about to get into. And here's some reading material. Here's some stuff to uh, fact check exactly what you're going to do and the, the repercussions throughout the years mm-hmm. because it's matched with your industry. A lot, of pe- a lot of companies, some companies, they don't really care what industry you're in. They just need the upfront and then they like, got it. See you later. But mm-hmm. if you don't have that retainer, it's not going to happen. Things like that. I don't know if we're supposed to like drop, name drop like companies or brokerages or anything like that. But You know better than me. You're the expert. Yeah, I'll just leave it. I say whatever I want. I don't know what you can say. (laughs) Well, well, in that case, I'm just kidding. So, so yeah, I don't want to break anybody's hearts or name a company or anything like that. But um, what a person can gain is to, like I said, start just a dialogue, a regular dialogue. I'm not on the clock. I'm not like, you know, okay, that was 15 minutes. Therefore, here's the invoice. No, it's Mm -hmm. just a human dialogue to produce value. And if that step is right for you if you're a fit. If you don't fit into this conglomerate that's like you see the investment and you're just looking at the sizzle, you're like, man, I want that. That's amazing. Mm -hmm. That's incredible. I want that for my family. But it's not a right fit, man. Or maybe it's just not yet. You know, you have a lot of stuff up front, but like net worth and all that stuff doesn't mean anything if it's not solidified. Mm -hmm. Just because you can liquidate four houses tomorrow and I would have this much amount in my pocket, I don't think you want to do that. I don't think you want to be in that position. No. No. That doesn't make sense. And it never made sense to me. Even before I was like a licensed agent or whatever, it's like, yeah, so my net worth technically is this because if I liquidated my five properties, I would have estimated. It's like, well, that's absurd because why would you do that? Like Mm -hmm. you're so close to the edge that you're going to be like, burn it all down and now I got money in my pocket? No. And things like that. So just – Financial education, start the conversation. And so when you do approach people and they show you the sizzle on everything, like, look what we did to this family. It was like, well, it's not a right fit. And just be real. Just be honest. Mm-hmm. Yeah. To determine what 
what fits or best suits you or your family's needs and goals. Right. Definitely. Okay. Well, we're we're coming up on the limit of our time today. I do have a couple more things to ask you. Yeah, of course. Um, we like our guests to leave one or a few main points mm-hmm. for our listeners, and they could be anything that you, that you want it to be on. So it could be on, you know, starting a business while on active duty, your decision to transition, running a business, or whatever, whatever you feel like. Uh, a couple main points of value for our listeners. Go. Um, start your business uh, plan early. You don't have to start your business actually, but you can start your business plan. You can time it out, and you can just discuss it with the people you trust and then let it be. Um, don't be afraid to um, introduce yourself to experts that are outside your industry. Learn from absolutely every single person you meet. Even if the person is a knucklehead, just be like, great, things like that, but don't change who you are. Um, there's always hope. I know that sounds cheesy, but there is literally always hope. There is people starting over at age 60 right now who are living life. Like they are like mentally, financially, physically healthy and turning it around. So there's never a point where like, oh, I lost everything. Big deal. What are you going to do next? And it's just, and I'm not the only person who's like this. I've met, I've met a lot of like-minded people with great attitudes. And I don't see anything knocking my attitude out of the, out from where it is because of what I had to go through to get to where I'm at. So I'm here to stay. My attitude is going to stay great. It's going to stay shiny. And that's it. Um, I like it. I that, that's, yeah. That's I like all. it. All, all, I think, valuable words of advice. Yeah. Um, all right. My last ask, ask of you is, uh, do you have any uh, book recommendations? Yes. And they don't have to be business books. It could be anything. Yeah. The, uh, the Art of War okay. by Sun Tzu. Why that one? Uh, because of the fact that when you read it, uh, one of the things it uh, suggests to you is that before going to war and starting a campaign and things like that is to establish a council and you, to uh, surround yourself with uh, people who are uh, dedicated, loyal, and also different in different um, qualities and different things like that. You can't have I, – I was just thinking about this today. You can't have just a pack of wolves. That doesn't make sense. I don't want a pack of wolves. Maybe there's one wolf and there's one bloodhound, and I'm cool with that. Every single person in your circle has to – yeah, I mean they don't have to all be different. Maybe you're all real estate guys or maybe you're all financial guys. But there is something different about each and every one of you, and you have to put that out on the table and say this is my expertise that will then bring value and it all connects. Okay. Pack of wolves is unrealistic. It can get messy. It can get, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Too much alpha. Yeah, if you're a deer, it could get messy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What are you trying to say? Yeah. I, 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 want, that, I want that variety. But uh, Art of War will, will teach you sufficient planning. Art of War. I mean, it's, and there's so many more generals that in our time just take from that, and then they kind of do their own spin on it. But. So your, your opinion is it's uh, the lessons in, in the Art of War are, Every bit as applicable to business and life as they are to war fighting. Yes. Okay. Absolutely. You have to Very merge cool. the two. Awesome. The two. Well, thanks for uh, joining us today. Yeah. Really cool to hear your story. I think it's it's great to share things like that with with people. Um, you know that you've you're taking steps to do uh, big things, 
but you, you don't necessarily have it all figured out just yet, and nope. you're still trying new things, and you're, you're still heading new directions. We all are. Avery explained how he is, and I explained how I am. I think that's that's normal. I don't think enough people are willing to admit that they don't know everything yet, and they don't have it figured out. So good on you for being self-aware enough to uh, admit that and, and continue the the, the struggle and the journey to, to get it all figured out. And I hope that yeah. you do. Eventually. Um, good luck with the army. Oh yeah, for sure. Send you a postcard. Don't. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but we'll see you next week, right? <laughs> yeah. Next week. January the, 13th. Uh, yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. We'll see you then. Um, Same suit. Nice. No, different tie. <laughs> different tie. Different tie. Okay. Tie class. Marine Corps. Right. Oh, well, well, you're going to, okay. If you're going to wear a suit, Avery, he just threw down a gauntlet, brother. What are you going to do? I mean, he just said that he's, 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 he's in the I running against schedule conflict. Is that, is that like bowing out? Is that like forfeiting? The contest? If, I'm, if, if I won't if be there? If you're not present? <laughs> well, I mean, you have an established reputation that will carry you through for a little while. I can send a selfie if I need to. Okay. We can do that. We'll do that. <laughs> All, right. <laughs> All right. So you heard it here. The contest for next Thursday's uh, Best Dressed is on Avery Washington. Okay. <laughs> Avery Washington. the current champion. Um, so good luck to you, sir. All right. Time to take the title. Nice. <laughs> Show up in a little vest. Nice. <laughs> All right, guys. Thanks a lot. Appreciate it. Thank you. Right. <laughs> FOLA Capital helps small businesses raise capital using one of the several programs authorized under the 2012 Jobs Act. They are especially passionate about helping to raise capital for veteran-owned, women, and minority-owned small businesses across the country. Be sure and check them out at folacapital.com.